0: Hey everybody, it's Lon Seid, and we've got a fun interview today because I always love bringing on people who are behind the products that we review, and uh, today we're welcoming onto the channel Chris Sutphin, he's out in Texas, and he's with Alienware, and we're going to be talking today about uh, the Steam Machine that we just reviewed, this really nice compact A gaming PC that's got a ton of horsepower and is a lot smaller than uh, some of the major consoles that are out there that are less powerful. So Chris I guess I want to start with first of all uh, describing what Alienware is all about and then maybe talk about how uh, you managed to get all of this stuff into a console that's, that's pretty much half the size of the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. It's really tiny so tell us about it.
1: Sure. Well, happy to. Well, I, I hope you guys are familiar with Alienware. Uh, you know, our brand has been around, we're actually going on almost 20 years now. Uh, so exciting to be in the industry that long, to be continually uh, driving innovation in the gaming space and, and producing amazing, cool products. And so you're looking at one of the, the latest ones on the market. Uh, we built our brand off of four brand pillars. So it's all about innovation, performance, uh, iconic design, um, and, in a, and, and leading the industry. Uh, so those four things is, uh, as what has defined Alienware throughout the ages. And we believe that we nailed it with the Alienware steam machine. Um, and, and the idea for this product, it's actually pretty cool. This has been something that's been in the works for literally years. Uh, and it started with really the most simple idea, uh, leaders from both Alienware and Valve got together and just Started thinking about how do we expand PC gaming? How do we expand that ecosystem? How do we give you gaming in more rooms around your house on more devices? Um, and from that was born the idea of Steam OS and the Steam controller and the Steam machine. And so uh, we worked actually hand in hand with Valve on the design of this product. Uh, we actually brought them some of our current products uh, and they said, not good enough, not, not. Uh, what we want to define living room PC gaming, and so we went back and, and designed the Alienware Steam machine, and worked with uh, with partners like Intel and NVIDIA, and uh, we came up with an iconic design that we believe is is destined and meant for the living room. And so that's that's why we had to pack everything into such a small space because we wanted to live on that uh, on that that living room console next to other devices, and and certainly in front of your TV.
0: And that's, it looks like you definitely accomplished that. So I'm going to pull the lid off here. I think I've got the uh, screen up here so you can see what we're looking at. And, um, you know, it's amazing, too, because you've got a, a pretty powerful GPU in here. I guess this is a, this is a mobile GPU. Is that—is that right? Or is it more of a desktop class?
1: Uh, it's, uh, it's actually a, a, a unique design GPU. Uh, and the reason a lot of people – so I, I get this question a lot uh, because – What we've listed as the specs of the GPU is just an NVIDIA GeForce GTX GPU. And everyone says, great, uh, I love NVIDIA, but what model number is that? What can I compare it to? Um, and we actually worked with those guys hand in hand uh, in designing this specifically for the system. So it has some elements of a desktop PC or a desktop graphics card, but you can see it's actually soldered down to the board right. uh, to achieve the cooling that we needed to keep this thing whisper quiet and cool to the touch all day. Uh, we actually cool it down with a heat sink and a fan, uh, but it delivers basically 860M class of performance. So uh, a little bit modified, not necessarily a mobile, not necessarily a a desktop, but the closest thing we can compare it to in terms of performance would be the 860M.
0: And that's really the challenge here is getting all of this stuff into such a small place. You could not do this 20 years ago. Um, So I guess it's a combination of Intel and NVIDIA being able to provide chips at these sizes and uh, that can do so much in smaller packages. Is that right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Five years ago, this couldn't have been done. Um, We spent a couple of years on the design and and we worked hand in hand with uh, the engineers from both companies in designing such a compact form factor uh, and such a unique cooling solution. You know, what's great? uh, I play on Xbox. I play on PlayStation, both wonderful platforms, um, but at times loud and noisy. Those are those are complaints that I hear. Um, And so when we looked at the design point of where we wanted the steam machine to be, we took those things into consideration. So it had to run quiet and had to be cool to the touch. And how
0: does this differ from the Alienware Alpha? Are they similar hardware designs, just running different operating systems, or are there things in the Steam Machine that the Alpha doesn't have?
1: Almost completely identical. The only thing that's going to differentiate the Alienware Alpha from the Steam Machine is the very front, that corner you're going to see a, a, a Valve logo uh, at the very front of the box. Right, right uh, down In that here. corner, right mm-hmm. there. Uh, and actually, having Alpha in the market for some time has actually given us some opportunities to learn from it and, and to better ourselves as a platform. The Alienware Alpha actually started shipping with a 5,400 RPM drive. Uh, and what we heard from our customers was that that wasn't cutting it. That wasn't the type of performance they expected from Alienware. Um, and now both the Steam Machine and the Alienware Alpha will be shipping with 7,200 RPM drives. Um, so that is an upgrade from the previous version of Alpha, but it will be across the board uh, that both Steam Machine and Alpha get that new drive. And but hardware-wise, everything else is the same.
0: And speaking of upgrades, too, one of the other differentiators here is that you're not afraid of letting your customers do what I'm doing here, taking it apart. <laughs> um, so, you know, I guess that's your, your market, right, is, are people who are pe- they're going to tweak their systems and want to do things to them. So uh, what can the customer do to this to upgrade it if they want to do that? And is there any warranty con- concerns with that?
1: Uh, so yeah, the, the great thing, and you know, uh, I'll even tell you, our, our dirty little secret is that our Alienware Steam Machine console is actually a PC. So with that, we, we provide users the opportunity to, to take it apart, to tweak it, to tune it. It doesn't void the warranty. Uh, if something does go wrong and you call into support, we're going to ask you to, to rebuild it back to the way that it was. Um, but the idea is what is upgradable is the CPU, the memory the hard drive, and even the wireless cards, uh, if you so choose, Um, and we actually made it super, super simple to get into it. I I know you keep taking the lid off, but it's really only four screws, and you're into that system and accessible to both the memory, the hard drive, and the CPU, uh, literally within seconds, so it's pretty cool. And what's nice about
0: this too is that you're, you're, there's less risk on the consumer, because if for some reason SteamOS doesn't work for them, Uh, They're not tied only to that. They could make it boot Windows, right? So this is a PC that can pretty much run whatever a PC can run. Is that right?
1: Yep, absolutely. So uh, any compatible components off the shelf, whether it's an Intel Haswell uh, type of processor, any uh, SODIM memory for mobile will work in it, and any 2.5-inch slim hard drive will work in it, whether it's an HDD or a solid-state drive. Um, And actually having Alpha in the market We absolutely have all of the driver stack and everything that will enable a really crisp, clean uh, transition to Windows. Or the other way around, if you have an alpha system and you want to go over to SteamOS, we have all of the the local support for that as well.
0: And does it make it difficult to design a product knowing that you're going to let the customers get in there and tinker with it? Does that add complexity?
1: Uh, Yeah, the PC environment itself adds complexity, right? I mean, if you you look at the traditional console market, uh, it is a very locked down system. Um, And so trying to design a PC that's going to be in that exact same space does introduce some intricacies into the design process. But at the heart of it, you can't lose what a PC is. And that's the ability to tune it and tweak it and upgrade it to future-proof yourself. Um, You know, the the great news is that Alienware has had 20 years of experience doing it. Um, So we can say that we can uh, lean on our history and, and what we've been successful in the market doing um, and try to bring some of that into uh, just a new new ecosystem for PC gaming.
0: And so, in the history of Alienware, too, is interesting because you know typically in the gaming market, one of the it's almost like the, like becoming a Jedi master. You have to, you, know, you build your own lightsaber eventually. So I think for a true PC gamer, you're going to build your own PC. And Alienware has come out with uh, pre-built machines that are designed for gamers. Um, so do you ever find a, a tough market space here? I mean, what's the selling point to a a person who's going to build their own PC anyhow? Is there something that Alienware brings? Obviously, this is portability, and if you're going to a LAN party and this can run the game you want, this makes a lot more sense to lug around than a big machine. But uh, but how, how how do you sell yourselves in the marketplace when there are a lot of people who want to just build something?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, do-it-yourselfers do it, do it yourselfers are a, a fantastic class of gamers, and we love to embrace them. You know, there's certainly a point in time in my life when I was a do-it-yourselfer. I loved to build my own PC. I took satisfaction in it. I bragged to my friends, and I got the latest and coolest thing that was on the market, whether it was a CPU or a GPU or, or you know, liquid cooling, and then at some point in your life, time becomes the value equation there, right? And and at some point, being able to buy a, a purpose-built system that you know will sustain the performance that you want, that can have the upgrade uh, upgradeability, so you still have that equity that uh, you can future-proof yourself. You know, we really feel like Alienware's come a long way, and we can provide the ability for a do-it-yourselfer if and when they get to the point that they want something simple, compact, uh, and easy to play on, we have that right solution for them and at an affordable price point. You know, we, we hear a lot of times from some of our biggest fans that they've loved Alienware for years and they had to work two jobs to save up money yeah. to get our, our $3,000 rig. Um, you know, and over the years, our purpose has only been to deliver as many unique gaming experiences to many people as possible. And so, you know, with the Alienware Steam Machine, we really believe we're not replacing that huge gigantic rig, we're adding another device into your PC ecosystem. So, you know, the performance of the of the Steam machine will run a lot of games. It may not run it at, at 4K. You're not going to be able to drive, uh, you know, the, the highest settings. So it's never going to replace that custom-built PC that you have in your den, but it's now going to extend that den experience, that two-foot keyboard and mouse, to a laid-back couch.
0: Right. Uh, and that's and the... so
1: that's that's where we think the Steam machine really fits into the equation.
0: And that's the big change here, is going from sitting in front of your monitor at a desk to getting over to the couch. And it's interesting to see the hardware convergence here, because we talked about the size of the machine, which is certainly a big component, because you don't want to have a big tower sitting next to your television. Um, I think both of our spouses would kick us out of our homes with... So you've accomplished that. Uh, but interfacing with that design, because having a keyboard on your lap in front of the TV is not ideal either. And uh, Steam developed their or Valve developed their own controller uh, to mate up with this and other uh, hardware devices that they're working on. So was that kind of the last key to making all of these things work together, where you couldn't really get them to working before?
1: Yeah, it, it, we're not we're not inventing a brand new category. PC gaming in the living room is has happened before. I think what we're doing is providing a a more unique and easy way to accomplish that. As you mentioned. You know there are definitely some cool widgets out there that provide lap boards and and you know mouse uh, functionality. The controller is really the linchpin and the secret sauce to all of this, right? And and you know if you followed Steam Machines for a while, you know that uh, you know there was there was a pause last year where Valve went back and redesigned the controller, um, and it was a needed redesign um, because this really is the the epitome of of being able to bring everything to the living room environment because. If we take a step back and go, go back to that that meeting that I mentioned years ago where leaders said how do we extend PC gaming we can we can develop an operating system that, that runs in a you know a, a big picture mode we can develop hardware that looks great in your living room but then you have to go and solve for that keyboard mouse input uh, and that was really the challenge right and so that is what lives today in that controller and the ability to literally map, any key function from your 128 key keyboard and your mouse with the precision and accuracy into that that uh controller and that was a big you know and it's something you have to
0: get used to I, and not in the sense that it isn't easy to use once you figure it out but there is a bit of a learning curve because i, I think it has been funny i've been I, as a reviewer i look at what other people are talking about too because yeah. i'm curious to see if i'm missing something and uh my first impression was gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. And then I started playing with it more and looking at all the configuration details to it and then seeing the community kind of contributing different configuration options to it. Now it's starting to make more sense to me. Is that uh, something that you talked about internally? You know, you have to almost, uh, it's almost—it's a, a whole new paradigm here, right? A whole new uh, shift in how you play a game. This controller looks nothing like uh, ones we have used uh, typically. So has that been a, a challenge to to gamers and your customers?
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely has. Um and, you know, i would say Valve has probably done the most extensive work with their customer base and uh, and getting their user feedback and, and designing it. You know, we've done some of that on our own. Uh, we were actually out at QuakeCon uh, in July up in Dallas, and we did kind of a behind-the-scenes study of what people thought about the steam machine controller. Cause you're not going to get a more hardcore audience of PC gamers than you will find at QuakeCon. Right. Um, <laughs> we, good. we got those guys to kind of try it out and, and everyone's reaction was almost uh, exactly to what yours is was like, uh, like I, I just don't get it. I'm not sure about it. Like I've been so good and so used to a keyboard and mouse. And even when I do play on a controller, the buttons are in different places. So there's, there's that real steep learning curve right off the bat. And, and people have to kind of get over that and you have to change a little bit of your muscle memory, um, and then you have to spend some time tuning and tweaking it to your heart's content and then all of a sudden the the love and passion of the PC gamer comes out because that's that's what they love to do. They want to dial in that precision. they want to make this controller their own. Um, and that's really I think you kind of had that aha moment as you were playing with it, and, you know, and I saw some of your your unboxing video and you start to get there and then you layer on the ability. Not only to remap the entire controller to your liking, but to use the community, the 125 million people that are part of Valve's community who are going to be doing something like you and like the mods that they have, they get voted up, up and right. down, and the best ones are going to rise to the top, and you can go out there and see who's got the best controller configuration. Very quickly, easy to jump out of the game, into it, uh, change the setting, and, and give it a whirl. Now... It's a new learning curve. It's a new paradigm shift. So it it takes some getting used to. It is not your jump into and uh, and really use it to your heart's content as quickly as you'd like. And so I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen and getting people's hands on it but they, they come around. And so that's part of what we're doing with some of the influencer programs and getting as many people to talk about the experiences they have, good, good, bad, and ugly. And we, we fully expect the community to come around and build this into a, into a very useful gaming tool. Because what has been
0: neat about it over the last couple of weeks. So I got one of these, I, I bought the Steam Link on the pre-order just to, just okay. to get in early and, I bought, and it came with the controller. Um, so I got in with the controller like the first week, everybody else was in with it. So there was nothing, like the community was barren. <laughs> Um, and yeah. then I put it down, your thing came in, and then I, I grabbed uh, the controller again and hooked it up to the Steam machine, and I was, I was like, wow, now I get it because, first of all, all these people spent all this time that I didn't have to spend <laughs> configuring the controller. And then I can yeah. say, ah, this configuration works great except for this, and then I can to, go in to, and tweak to... this. The, yeah, and that's been yeah, and uh, that's I been absolutely
1: helpful. believe there's there's going to become – fan favorites and there's going to become experts of the steam controller and people who, who can manipulate it in the best way possible. You're going to, we're going to create a whole new art out there. People who really know how to manipulate the steam controller into some fun experiences. And it's going to, it's going to vary widely across different game genres. There are going to, there's going to be controller settings that are great for first person shooters and ones that are going to be great for sim games and ones that are going to be great for, uh, for strategy games. And I think you're going to find that as the community starts to evolve and more people get engaged with it, uh, the cream of the crop is going to rise to the top.
0: I think it, I'm sure it will. And it's already starting because it's been a huge shift over the last two or three weeks too, and just getting those configurations out there. to well, you know, kind of wrap up and talk a little bit more about SteamOS and uh, where you see it going is obviously Valve is taking, uh, putting a lot into this. They're essentially uh, developing their own operating system to uh, to power this machine and uh, and get up uh, and running very nicely. What I like about it is that it's very, it is a very good living room experience. It really does bring you into Steam when you power the machine on. Uh, where do you see it as, as, on the hardware side uh, going? Because it certainly works you know, perfectly on this device for what it can do. Um, where, where, do you, where do you see SteamOS going? What's their vision for it? And, and why SteamOS over Windows per se uh, for, for gamers? Is, is it because it's, it's, it has less layers that you have to dig through to get to the games?
1: Sure. A C- couple of really good questions in there. Uh, let me let me address one of the first ones just around hardware uh, and where we see this going. You know, this is definitely a long-term strategy, both for Dell, both for Alienware, both for, for Valve. Uh, we're in this for the long run. This isn't a, a hit it and quit it. Um, we absolutely will see Steam machines evolve on more of a PC cycle. So what I mean by that, uh, very frankly, is that customers aren't going to wait, have to wait five to seven years to get the newest, latest, greatest technology, right? So for me as a gamer, that's great. We provide upgradability, which can help you future-proof yourself on a budget. But you're also going to see Steam machines evolve with technology as that grows. So I think that's a, I think that's a wonderful thing, and I think um, that helps speak to the longevity of it. You know, again for Valve, this is certainly a long-term. Uh, opportunity for them. You're gonna see Steam OS continue to evolve. Uh, if there's anything that I know that Valve does the best, it is listen to their community. Um, and when they hear their community uprise and talk about what they want out of out of their experiences, they will go and deliver. I mean Steam OS in big picture mode is is literally some of the culmination of that. They said they heard from their customers that people enjoy Steam so much they want to enjoy it in other rooms in their house. Fast forward a couple years, we have Steam big picture mode and we have Steam OS, right? Now, I think a lot of people have been kind of touching upon the fact that there's not as many AAA titles that are part of the Steam library that they'd like to see, right? Some really big ones that are coming out for the holiday. I think that's that's some of the biggest lingering questions. And for me, it's, it's a chicken and an egg. Um, and our commitment to this space, both from hardware and software, I fully believe that in time, you'll start to see more software and more AAA titles and big titles coming to SteamOS. Uh, I can't speak to any of the publishers that I know in their roadmaps. So I'll let them announce them on their own time. But I can tell you there's some really good titles coming out, some fun ones that are mm-hmm. going to be perfect for couch for the couch environment, and some very traditional ones that you may want to go experience in a brand new way. Um, so... You know, as, as this evolves, this, this ecosystem, as we get more product into the market, as game publishers see that there's a viable market that they have to go and choose to go build a game for, you'll start to see a lot more of those barriers be broken down. Unfortunately, it's not happening as quickly as possible. We're not going to see Fallout 4, and we're not going to see Call of Duty on SteamOS yet, um, but give it some time. I, I do expect later this year and certainly into early next year, you're going to start seeing more games get on board and they have to
0: kind of be ported. So even though they're running the same processor and the same GPU, that they're being perhaps targeted at a Windows API so there's some, some conversion that has to happen to get it over to Linux. Is that the, the process that has to happen typically? Yeah, I
1: mean, there's a, there, there's a couple ways to do it. Uh, you can talk about, a, uh, if you want to talk about a back catalog, you can certainly go and port it. So it would have to be rewritten natively for a Linux operating system. Um, but brand new games that are coming out to the market you can actually, you know, they the, the publishers will have to make the decision. Are they going to code it day and date? For you know, it's the traditional build or buy model. Are you right. going to go build it for Xbox, PlayStation, Windows, and Linux, or are you going to build it for the you know, uh, Windows, Xbox, PlayStation, and then go port it and have someone else, you know, off uh, do that porting for you? It'll happen in both capacities. You know, we'll possibly also see a lot of back catalogs do that. Um, you know, and give people a reason to come back and enjoy some traditional keyboard and mouse games that they've never thought about playing in their living room. But it really changes that experience, and it might be a reason for some. Uh, let's say a publisher is coming out with a new version of a game, going uh, that could be SteamOS enabled. Go and back, you know, get your back catalog ready, get people enjoying it on the couch, and then get them ready to upgrade to the new version.
0: What's been interesting too is that the consoles are now running these x86 class processors so there's not a it's it's not as hard now to bring these games over as it may have been before too i think as i'm seeing you know these exclusives showing up on one console or the other they're also going to pc at the same time yeah. so uh pc game it's probably the best time ever to be a pc gamer because almost all of these console games are uh, coming out onto the pc either on windows or steam os or both right so this is a big shift for for games yeah,
1: starting to see a lot of convergence you know uh, microsoft is doing a lot of the right things with their xbox console and their pc environment uh, a lot of of uh, merging there. And at, what that's doing is enabling more platforms and more games and more content to be shared across it, which is great for everybody, right? You know, no one wants to play that console war uh, and have to choose between one device or another. And so, you know, we absolutely think that SteamOS will, will quickly become part of that mix. Um, you know, I, I know that... Uh, Valve's pre-order and our Steam machine pre-order did very, very well. We can take a lot of that data and a lot of that information and take it to the publishers and show them that there's a very viable market for this. Lots of people out there, lots of buzz. Um, you know. And so we absolutely think that the convergence is helping and the momentum around SteamOS will certainly enable good content coming quickly.
0: And then, you know, theoretically, because this machine is doing nothing but running an operating system designed to play games, this one is not... Um, it 's not running my printer i 'm not i 'm not uh, sending email from it so uh, I, theoretically we might see better a little bit better performance out of this than we might see if it was running windows because the o s is just just focused on gaming only is that a, an advantage there too
1: yeah we 're working on some of that performance testing i I, I would hate to speak out without uh, having the data to back it up. Right. You know, we're, we're working uh, on capturing that actual performance and quantifying it. You know, right now what we're seeing is there is no performance degradation, right? So you're not right. going to get any sort of worse performance. Uh, we made sure that uh, both Intel and NVIDIA and all the component manufacturers, their Linux drivers are, are up to par and are prov- providing the greatest gaming experience that we can expect on that platform. We'll have to go back and take a long, hard look about do we see... Uh, the actual OS itself give, lending itself to any performance advantages—that's still to be determined. Some of that is just a lack of Linux benchmarks, right? So we're frankly having a hard time doing an apples-to-apples apples comparison.
0: It's hard for me uh, as a reviewer too, because I have I, that, the benchmarks I usually use aren't aren't here, so it's it's hard to see. Yeah. But it, it you know anecdotally, just from running it, it seems to, to be great. I mean, it was you know, I ran a yep. couple of the games that I run on the Windows side, and it was you know every bit as uh, good on the performance end. So it's it's good yeah, to see and- that.
1: The, the operating system has been super speedy, super easy. I love the navigation, the UX, UI design they put into it. You know, getting into your games is quick and easy. And like I said, the gaming performance is absolutely on par with anything on the Windows side.
0: So one last question for you, because we do have a lot of younger uh, viewers watching who are getting into uh, college and moving on into the careers and whatnot. And the gaming industry is a uh, much larger than it was when we were kids. (laughs) So there's a lot more opportunities available. Uh, If someone watching is, is, you know, because you're on the product marketing side of things. So there's a lot of different job opportunities out there. Uh, If someone watching isn't, isn't necessarily a programmer, but really wants to get into the gaming industry, what should they be doing right now in their education Ah, uh, to get into a position like you have or something similar where they're out there in the industry working on developing product or selling product.
1: Oh, yeah, wow, what a great question. Uh, you know the the gaming industry, first of all, I say that if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything for a career or job, make sure it's something that you love. Um, and so if your passion is gaming, uh, there is all kinds of variety of jobs that you could lend it to, whether it's it's uh, the, the artist and the creative side of it, whether it's the business and the financial acumen that goes into selling those products, um, or whether it's the technology whether you know, from a, a, you know, an OEM or an engineering standpoint. Uh, I actually started my career as an engineer, um, spent about six years at Dell doing that, uh, and then had the opportunity to, to follow my passion into some gaming and turn that into product marketing role for you know, one of the greatest gaming companies out there. Uh, What we've noticed over the last uh, probably five to seven years is that a large number of universities are actually picking up very uh, um, gaming-centric type of class criteria, whether it's in the mathematics or uh, the engineering or even the artistry, and so there's a lot of schools out there. I know SMU has been, with their guild hall, has been one of the leaders in that, Um, and there's probably a, a number of other universities around the country that have very similar curriculums. And so, uh, you know, I would say if you're so if you're very interested in gaming and the gaming industry, think about all the things that it goes to, to make a game and get it to market. Um, it's it's not just about being a gamer. Yeah, there's a, there's some wonderful jobs out there to QA games right. uh, and test them and play them. But there's a lot more that goes into the engineering, the software, the the finance, the art, uh, even the operations, the logistics um, and there's, you know, a, a large, growing community of even indie, uh, indie developers. Sure. So it's it's not one big conglomerate that's completely impossible to get into, right? Uh, there's a couple of hotbeds for gaming innovation around the around the country. Austin is one of those. We have a lot of different gaming companies here. Uh, obviously, the East Coast, the West Coast. Uh, my own in Raleigh, North Carolina, is where uh, Epic. Uh, is based lots of gaming companies out on the west coast and even into canada canada i know uh, vancouver has a pretty uh pretty gaming uh spot there as well as montreal so lots of different ways to break into it uh, and again if it's your passion i say don't don't ever give up uh, find a way to get into that industry uh, in some capacity and you you won't ever regret it
0: Sounds cool. It sounds like you're having a fun time with uh, all the stuff you get to do at Alienware. And we really uh, appreciate you taking the time tonight to talk about the Steam Machine here. And we're going to keep playing with this. I'm really eager to... I, I love getting into things when they first come out like this because... It's fun yeah. to see the progression, and, and it's always giving us something we can come back to. So definitely keep us in the loop as uh, the year progresses to see uh, yeah. when these changes happen, because I'd love to uh, come back and do some more um, analysis on this, because I think it's going to be one of those things we're going to be coming back to a lot uh, over the course yeah. of the year. So great. Where can people and find I- more about Alienware?
1: Uh, obviously, Alienware.com is the website. You're going to find all kinds of product and technical information there. Uh, I also urge you to visit AlienwareArena.com. Uh, that's Alienware's community-based website. Um, you know, we feature and focus a lot more on community elements, whether it's sweepstakes or news or videos, uh, just what's happening in the gaming industry. You can certainly understand a lot more about the brand and what we represent uh, in that space.
0: Terrific. Well, Chris, thank you again. And we will uh, hopefully maybe talk with you in a couple months and see what uh, see what else is coming out.
1: Yeah, Lon, we'd love to. Thanks so much for the time.
0: Great. Thank you. This channel is brought to you by the generosity of my Patreon supporters. If you find the channel helpful, you too can contribute for as little as a dollar a month. Visit lon.tv Patreon to learn more.